Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition, a Victory Monday edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me today on this wonderful Monday evening to Victory Monday. Victory Monday to celebrate Bucks. To celebrate and break down and analyze and all of the fun things that we do. Another Bucks victory is the one and only Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. Scott, how are you? How, how was this past weekend for you a little bit? I know you did you put a little money down some places. You yes. came away with a couple wins. It was a good I weekend. Did. I had a good weekend on, on DraftKings, not to mention them because they're not a sponsor, but uh, my bookie, my bookie, my bookie, my bookie, my bookie. We <laughs> did pretty well on my bookie. So very yeah, happy with, I, with my yeah. very happy with myself on Saturday and Sunday with my bookie. So. It's a good weekend. I I won my weekend. first ever bet, Scott. In my money life. J, yes. look at you. Yes. You're money J now. I love it. Yes. Uh underdogfantasy.com. If yes. you don't know the player prop bets over there are absolutely awesome. And yeah, it was like, all right, over uh, over Chris Godwin, 64 and a half receiving yards, boom. And he got to 70. It was a little tight, uh, but he got to 70 and over under a uh, Jacoby Brissett. I put over on him having a half an, an interception and Jamel Dean came up clutch on the tip ball. So yeah, we got we got ourselves six large over here, man. It was there good. you go. <laughs> it was a good, great weekend, a great weekend for the Bucks as well. They get to four and one. They win 45-17 over the Miami Dolphins. Yes. We have a lot to talk about on today's show, including Tom Brady's MVP candidacy uh the wide receivers yeah, on this that. team potentially three 1k receivers and uh, a lot of defensive woes that are going to be slept under the rug when it's 45 to 17 but philadelphia is coming up and they've got some weapons and we've got some things to talk about on the defensive side of things what the real issue is but first scott it's all brought to us by our friends over at celsius and we're rocking the, i got the peach five you got the fuji apple pear i do if you don't know folks celsius is the best energy drink out there zero sugar in these things unbelievable taste unbelievable flavor and unbelievable variety of flavors but without any of the bad stuff that you get from other energy drinks or the crash it's genuinely like a cheat code kind of like having tom brady as your quarterback it's essential energy it burns body fat accelerates metabolism uh i don't know what else to say scott they are just they're really just the amount of varieties that you can find you can see a bunch of them on the screen there Wildberry in the top right hand corner is a great one but you can find these at celsius.com you can use the the store locator there to find out which stores they're at near you you can click on the celsius banner ads at pewterreport.com you can go to amazon and do the subscribe and save to get yourself a variety pack of celsius and then scott to top it off and make it even better we've also got the fast protein bars from celsius the white chocolate cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch taste unbelievable. The flavors, the decadent, silky, smooth layers on these bars, sensational stuff. Protein bars are not supposed to taste this good, but they do. They Make do. sure you check out the fast protein bars as a link in this YouTube description to click on to get yourself a variety pack of these as well. Best tasting protein bar I've ever had. I am a protein bar connoisseur over my life uh and so this is the you best taste a lot had. of cardboard and sawdust in your oh, lifetime john oh right? my gosh oh. stuff that that's supposed to taste like chocolate or cookies and cream oh. or peanut butter crunch or whatever and it doesn't yeah honestly i'd given up on protein bars before these so if you're yep. with me on that uh ch- check out the fast protein bars as well really really uh great stuff from celsius all right scott let's start with tom brady right uh because this has been we thought it would be a good season, having a better command of the offense. We thought yeah. it would look good, having coming off the knee surgery and everything. But even my expectations, which were pretty high, I feel like I was kind of in yeah. his corner all year last year, even when 
it was like, well, he's not playing well enough. And I was like, well, actually, it's more other factors than that. And, you know, kind of you remember how I was you know, dying on that hill for a while. <laughs> so I was probably his fiercest defendant coming into this season. Right. And he's blown away even my expectations with the way that he's played. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly with, with the 17-week season, right, I expected him to hit 50 touchdowns. He's on pace for 51. And and I expected him to throw for 5,000 yards, but it's crazy, John. At age 44, no human being should be doing this, <laughs> but Tom Brady is. And really, he is he's a mutant is what he is. It's It's crazy. The type of statistics he's pulling off, he's actually on pace – to throw for 6,000 yards. I'm sorry, 6,007 yards. Yeah. <laughs> 6,007 yards. doesn't make sense, man. It's <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. He's 44 years old. If, if he was, what, 24, 25, like Patrick Mahomes, you mm -hmm. could probably be, believe it a little bit more. But no, this is the GOAT, and there's more GOAT greatness with this guy. He's currently leading the league. In passing yards, 1,767 yards through five games. That's an average of 353.4 yards per game through the air. And again, on pace for 6,007 yards. Mm. Brady is number two in passing touchdowns behind Patrick Mahomes. He's got 15. Mahomes has 16. Mm. He's on pace for 51 touchdown passes. And with yesterday's performance of 411 passing yards, five touchdowns, He's now second, and he's closing in on a couple more NFL records, second with the most 400-plus yard passing games, 36. That's right behind True Breeze. And the same with the most games with five or more touchdown passes. He's got nine. Right. And it's, I wouldn't be surprised, John, if, if later this year he ends up doing it again because he's already thrown for five touchdowns as a Buccaneer three times, once last year against the Chargers, twice this year already. I, I don't know that there's necessarily, like if you look at these these major raw statistics, like it blows your mind. Then you look at some of the, okay, let's dig into some of the deeper numbers. Let's see kind of, okay, there's probably some, you know, some chinks in the armor, maybe a little bit as we get further into this thing. But, but no, not only, not even that, you know, as you go through some of his numbers, uh, and you get further into it, it's just even more impressive, to be honest, because he's also the, the Bucks are also up there in drop percentage or number of drops across the league. Tom Brady has, is tied for, I believe I said uh, earlier today, uh, the fifth most deep ball completions, 20 plus air yards <laughs> or more in the NFL this season. And then he, they've also dropped four, which leads the league too. So the Bucks have dropped more deep balls than any other team. So Brady's suffering because of the, that part of it as well. So he's completing. 50% when you count those drops as completions, he's completing 50% of his deep ball passes this season, one of the better marks in the NFL right now. Um, so it's not only that he's throwing them a lot, completing them a lot, the percentage, the accuracy is also exceptional. So across the board, Scott, there's not a statistic you can really look at. Big time yeah. throws, the pro football focus tracks. Like this shit, this was never, right? People, oh, this was always the knock on Brady, right? He never made the high degree difficulty throws like other quarterbacks did. I mean, that was always a ridiculous argument, right. but that's what people said. Now the pro football focus charts this, it's kind of impossible. I mean, he's he was at the top of the league last year and he's at the top of the league again this year right now, right? One behind uh, Derek Carr, who's in first place right now uh, with 18 big time throws this season for Brady. And he's done that 
without a turnover worthy throw this season. So that's nuts. He's not put the ball in harm's way at all, Scott. All right. So, so, John, explain this to people because that's a different analytical type stat. People might say, well, wait a minute. Tom Brady has two interceptions this mm-hmm. year, right? So, explain that. Give that some context. Right. So the turnover worthy play as pro football focus defines it as a pass that has a high percentage chance to be intercepted or a poor job of taking care of the ball and fumbling and something like that. Um, so in this situation for Brady, in terms of passes, he, his, both of his interceptions, you know, one was a Hail Mary jump ball. So he's yeah. not, you know, potentially putting he's not penalized for that. Right. Right. Yeah. He's not penalized for a Hail Mary. Um, yeah. And, and then the other one was off obviously Leonard Fournette's hands to be an interception in week one. Both those right. occurred in week one. So he hasn't actually, put the ball in an interceptable location through any fault of his own right. at any point this season, which again is so crazy when you consider that he's also one of the highest graded quarterbacks under pressure this year too. That was yeah. the other thing. It's If you pressure Brady and knock him around, okay. But he's actually been knocked around a good bit this season, been yeah. pressured a good bit, and he's one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the league, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Last Yesterday, five of seven for 106 yards, right. two touchdowns under pressure. It's there's not really any knock John, on him right now, Scott. He's thrown the ball 225 times this year. It's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so to we're have, talking about huge zero turnover worthy plays. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's it's crazy, and this is it. I mean, this is only his second year in this offense. Like, and there's a lot of moving pieces, and I mean, to not have put the ball in harm's way at this point is just bizarre. It's crazy. Uh, you yeah. know, like I said, the only other quarterbacks who have done it right now in the NFL who are kind of in that same category are were Russell Wilson before his injury. We had also not done that. Right. And then Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz is hardly as any big time throws. His, his, his actually his average depth of target is basically right in front of him this yeah. season. He's hardly you throwing down the ball down the field at all. Yes. Mr. Glass <laughs> who plays tonight actually. Yeah. And so you'll, so I you're talking about Ravens two guys to break are, him by the way. I mean, it might happen, but you're expecting yeah. you're, you're talking about two guys right now that are playing at, completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how the right. position is played. And so Wentz is just kind of putting the ball underneath all the time, but Brady is making all these high degree difficulty throws down the field right. and with pinpoint accuracy. And I mean, he's going to profitable focus has him, I believe is the highest graded quarterback still that they have. And yeah. I know that I've disagreed with some of their grades. I've always been big supporters of them when it comes to quarterback grades, though. I love the way that they look at the full picture with quarterbacks. So I think it's just been a special kind of season People are going to say Kyler Murray. People are going to say Josh Allen after last night, although I don't think he's had that great of a season this year compared to what he did last year. Uh, To me, it's Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert. Those kind of guys are more in the conversation with Brady. We'll see with Kyler Murray. He started hot before, Scott, and then it's really fallen off with him. Can it ever be consistent? Well, it really pissed me off last year that Kyler Murray was the the Pro Bowl selection for the NFC over Tom Brady. If Kyler Murray did not have that Hail Mary, which was viral and ESPN, you know, put it on on repeat. If he didn't have that that to DeAndre Hopkins, he would not have been the Pro Bowl guy. It just yeah, that, and- that he he was a highlight Pro Bowl guy. He made the Pro Bowl because of his highlights. And he still will kind of be that guy. That doesn't mean that he hasn't been amazing, though. There's been a lot more highlights this year. He's been sensational. He's been really good this year, but last year his team didn't even make the playoffs, John. And and let's just be real. It was voter fatigue. Like Voter fatigue is the problem with with Brady. That's When you've been around as long as he is, people are just sick of it. So maybe you don't get as much of the fan vote, or maybe you get the fan vote, but other guys are just like, the bar is so high, Scott, that you know obviously he's on the way to the Pro Bowl this year, but... Yeah, I, I think that's the struggle with Brady is just that he has to do things that other people 
just can't dream of, especially because now you've got yeah. Kyler and, and Josh Allen. These guys, they're going to do so much with their legs. And although that's another improved part of Brady's right. game, I said earlier, he's on pace to rush for 122 yards this season. That would be a high for him. And so he's <laughs> look he's what really happens when you have a good board. knee. You know, it's funny, John. It's, it's, um, if you look at Antonio Brown, right? 62 yard touchdown yesterday. Um, he's, he's become the deep threat for this Bucks mm-hmm. offense after really kind of a pedestrian, you know, 10 yards per catch average last year. Um, the knee injury uh, was was real, right? He had the knee surgery. Yeah. He's just become a completely different receiver. He's brought a new dimension with that healthy knee. Brady, too. We've talked about it, John. You've mentioned it before. The ability to duck and slip sacks, the ability to roll out, the ability to scramble for 13 yards. John, my knees are okay, but I feel like having knee surgery just because of how these guys have really performed, right? I mean, yeah. not that I'm an athlete by any means, but like if if they're performing that well, I almost wonder maybe I should have knee surgery too, just just to be better, just to be a better Scott Reynolds. I don't know. <laughs> just to be a better, better publisher, better editor. Maybe, yeah. You know. Just <laughs> let's say hi to some people in the chat here. Slim Stang says, What up, what up? Uh Ape, what up? Uh Z, glad to have you all in the chat. Emily's in the chat. Uh, just wanted to say hi to everybody who's out here. Jonathan, I see you aliens yeah. out here as he always is. Uh, Josh been a big supporter of the pod lately. First, yes. all the super chats and all the encouragement. All right, let's talk about this and... this Jensen thing here because Josh, yeah, yeah, we, we got a super, super chat, right? chat. Okay, right. Uh, we don't know what the deal is with Jensen because the Bucks uh position their injury report to come out right after Bruce Arians is done talking to us. So yes. we sneaky, didn't know that... sneaky. That's right. We don't know the Jensen's on the injury report, so we don't right. know anything more than than y'all do at this point in time. But we get to talk to Bruce again. Yeah. Do we get Bruce tomorrow? I don't think so. No, talk we might be down. Yeah, I think we, we might enough. have coordinators yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday, so we might. Well, no, no, I think because it's a short week, I think Bruce will talk on Wednesday. No, will actually, you won't because that's a, that's a travel day. No, yeah. I think we're done with. I was Bruce. gonna say, I think we're done with Bruce. So, until I have to tell, yeah, we'll just have yeah. to watch the injury report probably, unless yeah, Byron Love, which ain't giving anything up. So no, <laughs> so we, <laughs> that's a Bruce so, question. That's a BA question. That's right. right? Yeah, that's that's he, he doesn't want to say. Anything, passes the buck. Good job, we do Byron. appreciate the five dollars super chat, William. This terrific stuff, and I hope Jensen will be okay. We'll see. Um, you know. Very easy be just taking care of a, yeah. of, a, of a vet on a short week. Jonathan. Before we get to Jonathan's super chat here, I, yeah. I do want to mention just in terms of the injury report, uh, the Bucks. Uh, I'll run it really quickly, but we did get an update on a couple of injured reserve guys. Um, Carlton Davis, uh, Bruce Arians had said he probably does not need surgery today. That is very good news because surgery, yeah. in my opinion, Scott probably would have ended his season or made it yes. maybe playoff hopeful type of. Right mid-playoff Vita Vea-esque comeback maybe, but it would have been a long shot probably. And remember, Stefan Gilmore numbers. up in New England had yeah, surgery. Same thing. Right? So some, some, he some, was on the pup the, list the next year. <laughs> right. Sometimes yeah. that quad injury is so severe where it's you got a torn muscle, you have to go in and surgically repair it. That's not the case with Carlton Davis. So, uh, right. so whatever type of tear he has, it's minor in nature, will heal on its own. just needs mm-hmm. some time. And the other one was uh, Bruce saying that Sean Murphy Bunting not ready yet probably needs. I think he said a few more weeks was what, how yeah. he phrased it. So it seemed to me, John, and get let me get your thoughts on this. It seemed to me like Bruce was saying, with a Thursday game, probably not for Gronkowski. If this game was on Sunday, though, maybe a chance, which tells me that they're expecting him back for that Bears game the following Sunday, which would be the twenty fourth. I agree. Yeah. I think he's leaving the door open for this week, but Gronk didn't practice at all today. So yeah. it's a short week. You can't even be limited in a walkthrough. Today right. was essentially a walkthrough. I don't know. 
you know, Giovanni Bernard was a full participant today. Antonio Brown, full participant, but they're listed on the injury report. Jamel Dean still listed full participant. Um, uh, and Ryan Suckup was a new addition with a back injury, but he is, yeah. was a full participant as well. Limited in practice was Brady with that right thumb injury. Bruce Arian said it shouldn't be a concern by Thursday, but right. he was listed as limited. Um, Chris Godwin limited with a knee and an ankle today. That's an, another, he's been on there kind of off and on, but yeah. uh, with finger injury, you know, stuff like that. I don't think he's been a uh, knee ankle maybe, but he's on the limited Patrick Connor was upgraded to limited after he missed Sunday's game with a calf injury. Jason Pierre Paul was limited with that shoulder and hand injuries. And then Antoine Winfield was limited as he comes back from concussion protocol doing cognitive stuff. We'll see kind of what happens. Bruce Arians isn't sure that he's kind of cautiously optimistic they can get him cleared. Yeah, there's a we'll chance see. that he might play. Right, right. Yeah, Levante David did not participate with the he's ankle injury. Yeah. It looks like David, we're guessing a couple weeks. It, Ian Rappaport's report was definitely not this week, and then after that he's week to week. Bruce Arians said he didn't see much swelling. David has not been hurt very often in his career, Scott. Right. A very, very – in fact, it's going to be weird for you. This is the first time under Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles that he will miss a game. Uh, as a Buccaneer, he, last time he missed one was 2018. Yeah, so That's this is going to be very odd for you. you. Probably have covered a lot of Bucks games, and, and I have, not many yeah. of them have not had David he's, on the field over the last ten years. He's, he's always out there, so yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, pretty he, rare. He's every snap, so it's yeah, it's very weird. Um, and that was it for the injury report. I think. And Ryan yeah. Jensen, as you and Rob Gronkowski, as we already mentioned, right. didn't participate. So Jonathan, so, a lot of people. Thank you so much for that ten dollars super chat. The super chat is just to say thanks for all the amazing work. For fun, I'm a Pennsylvania Bucks fan. What jersey do I rep to the Eagles? Barber to the Eagle Eagles. I'd say I already, all right, I already kind of spit out my um, my take. I was I was reading this too quickly. For the Eagles Bucks game this Thursday, Brady jersey red or Evans white. My suggestion would be to get a Rondé Barber jersey because that'll really get under the Eagles fans' skin. But mm-hmm. if those are your only two selections, I think you have to go with with Brady right now. I mean, yeah, go with that red. Yeah. I mean the, the only the only other jersey I would maybe recommend would be Blaine Gabbard. Right. I mean I don't if I don't you know. have it. If you if can you get it. it. That's a rare yeah. jersey. It is. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's a special order. It's it's right. that rare. So it's mo- it's mostly just found in museums at this point. Well, and, and I think it's coming soon to uh to Tampa Bay stores everywhere. That's you right. know? I mean, listen, I'm not trying to start anything, John. I'm I'm not. Okay, but Gabbard uh, started it. You're just reporting it. I would be remiss if I didn't point out some statistics, though. Okay, I'm not saying there's a quarterback controversy in Tampa. I'm pointing out that hmm. Hmm. others might make that wow. conclusion. A lot I'm just to saying that here. Blaine Gabbard is two and zero in games he's appeared in. I mean, the Bucks have a perfect record. Yeah, Gabbard also has a hundred percent completion percentage. The last time I checked for Brady, that was like sixty six percent. You know, John, back in school, mm. right? You and I are different ages. You know, you're a young pup. I'm an old. I'm an old dog. But 100. percent If you were to if you were to grade it, like what what is that? 100 percent is an A, right? I would say that's an A. Yeah, yeah. yeah in most classrooms, that's 66 percent. That's that's a D, right? 50 percent is an F. Yeah, 60 percent. Yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I I'm do. Saying. I do. Okay. That's tough. Didn't think about that. The other thing is the quarterback rating. I mean, Blaine Gabbert, 109.4. Brady 108.5. The last time I checked, the higher the quarterback rating, the better. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just reporting facts, people. Yeah. That's I mean, that's a compelling argument. Obviously, there's going to be some. I'm not saying that Brady should be benched. Don't get don't get it twisted because I'm right. not saying that whatsoever. I'm just right. pointing out that 
that not only does the not only do the Buccaneers have the best looking quarterback room, yeah, they've also got the best performing quarterback room, and both That's are true. important. Both are equally yeah. important. There's a lot for the Bucs to consider on this short week. Do they want to make the change now, or do they want to make for a little the ten day break? I don't know. There's a lot to lot to consider. Um, Elliot is a little concerned about us crushing Celsius at seven thirty p.m. Yeah, we're just having a swig here and there. Not necessarily. This is empty. It. This is just a prop. I had this mine is not today. empty. I probably yeah. will be up a little bit tonight doing. Some I actually had this at seven thirty a.m. this morning, not seven thirty p.m. That's for sure. Oh, uh, there you go. Okay, that makes sense. That helps a little bit. Uh, we got William's question. I think. Um, let's John, see. We, we got another super, super chat. chat. Yeah, we got, who's this? Yeah, Richard Thank doesn't you, even Richard. doesn't even say anything. Just just let give us twenty dollars and saying wow. Oh, he does say. He says right on, gents. Thank you, yeah. Richard. Thank you. I don't know what you were, which take you're referring to here, Richard, but they're all pretty probably much probably right the Gabbert so. take is what I'm probably, <laughs> just probably, speculating. Probably a big Gabbert fan just popped in the chat. So we were talking. About, all right, where's that Ryan Griffin guy? He's always. The Griffin greatness. Yeah, he's gone, man. I mean, Griffin's a practice squatter, so that's right. He only comes back when's from the ag roster. Uh, which hopefully yeah. doesn't have the season. No offense to him. Um, we'll talk about the Bucks wide receivers, Scott. Uh, but yes. before we do, of course, I want to talk to us all everybody about a place that you can get even more behind the scenes with some of the Bucks content. And it's Spotify Greenroom. You can talk music, sports, and culture live on Spotify Greenroom. It's a terrific social audio app where you can grab the mic. You can offer your takes and your thoughts in some of these chat rooms. You can download it on the App Store, get it on Google Play. You can follow Pewter Report and jump into Spotify Green Room when Pewter Report goes live. Pewter Report goes live. You'll get an invitation to your phone uh, to join in that room. And you can jump in, you can grab the mic and offer your thoughts on the box, the NFL, the upcoming matchup, whatever it is. So make sure you download uh, Spotify Green Room on the App Store and get it on Google Play to join in those awesome conversations. Buck John, could have a chance of, here. Hold on. Speaking of conversations, okay, you and John, you are John. You and Paul Atwell do a fantastic job Thank with you. Peter Game Day. So much so that we're not going to wait till next Sunday for the next one. We're doing another one on Thursday. How about that? That's true. Okay. Yep. And and so, Paul's not going to be with me, though. It's going to be the right. one and only Trevor Sycamore. That's right. On the game day show. Pewter yeah. Game Day starts at 8.20 p.m. That's what time the game starts. That's kickoff. So the Pewter pregame show will precede that at 7.20. We'll have the Pewter Report staff on there with all sorts of predictions and matchups to watch and Matera with all of the type of uh, betting uh, information that you need fantasy stuff on there. So make sure that you tune in at 7 20 PM for Peter pregame. Then the main event starts. That's Peter game day, mm-hmm. John Ledyard, and usually Paul Atwell. Both of you guys do a fantastic job. We have a, a special guest this week. It is uh, captain Trevor, Trevor Sykema, formerly a pewter report now of, Pro Football Focus, yep. moving on yep. up. Love yep. it. Trevor's going to be on during with me during that Eagles game, live in-game analysis, yes. X's and O's. We're going to be breaking things down. I'm sure there will be the typical infusion of humor that usually occurs when Trevor exists in a space. And a little bit of snark, when he and too, I get right? together. A little bit of snark. A little bit of snark, I'm yeah. sure. We might yeah. take a few more shots at players than we normally would on these broadcasts. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep it We'll keep it clean and we'll keep it legit. But uh, it'll be great. And uh, so we hope you can all uh, join us with that that on Thursday. Matt Matera getting some love here. Peter yeah. reports flowers all the time. The intro to Taking Back Sunday. That's basically. funny to me because yes. Matt does Matt does all the audio editing and kind of the putting posting it up on our audio platforms. And so a lot of time because we've already done the show or seen it on YouTube or whatever. We Scott and I don't even hear the audio version of right. it. So Matt uh, just pulling in a super chat here with his Taking Back Sunday references, Justin. 
No, we really appreciate that. Good job, Matt, uh, you know, using a using a little taking back Sunday on there. Uh, PFF should get John back on one of their pods. Vortex says I've been I've been on there with those guys before. Draft season, they always had me on. I'll be on again with them in draft season. We'll get them on here too. We always get yes. a couple PFF guys on here. We'll get some somebody on here probably the bye week. We usually get uh get them on here. By the way, I know people are probably worried about Trevor being this close to a Bucks game again. <laughs> <laughs> he's still physically going to be in Cincinnati. I just want to let everybody know that that Trevor is going to physically be at PFF headquarters in Cincinnati. When we I like that U S Trev agent, he's not captain America. He's U S agent. That's good. That's the, the evil uh, captain America. Clone. That's good Let's stuff. talk about these bucks wide receivers. Scott. A chance at three 1000 yard receivers. We knew this going into the year, but we didn't really want to say it going into the year as much until we had something to stand on. Now we're five weeks into the year and, this is kind of a, a, a legit possibility, right? I mean, right now, yeah. these are the pace that you kind of see what, what kind of pace these guys are on uh, for the season. Uh, it's kind of crazy to say, but I, I mean, Antonio Brown missed a game. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's still on pace for 1,100 yards, right. and he's playing like 10 touchdowns of the snaps <laughs> right now. I know. Uh, he is, he's unbelievable, like yeah. what he is, Scott. I mean, he's you're getting everybody's kind of getting to see it now that he knows the offense I yeah. mean, to me it's, it's john like, he looked so much different in training camp did he not we looked yeah, at him yeah, at training camp yeah. and it's like no disrespect to, to chris godwin who's in a, a franchise tag contract year no yeah. disrespect to mike evans greatest offensive weapon in tampa bay history i mean you're talking about a, a future hall of famer right seven 1000 yard seasons to start his career and it's going to be eight as long as he stays healthy yeah. but Antonio Brown was literally the best looking wide receiver in terms of separation, hands, big playability and training camp. And he has not disappointed. He has continued that right through into the season. And yeah, he's third. He's the third fiddle right now, right? Because he missed that game. You see the uh, he missed the game and he plays about half the snaps of the other. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So Evans, 29 catches, 393 yards, four touchdowns. Godwin, same thing, 29 catches. Just a little bit fewer yards, 363, two touchdowns. AB, 20 catches, 325 yards, three touchdowns. You can see what those numbers translate to throughout the season when projected over 17 games. Right. You're, you're talking about a pair of 90, almost 100-yard catch guy, or I should say 100 catch guys uh, in, in Evans and Godwin. All three of those guys, over 1,100 yards, Evans and, and Brown on pace to double-digit touchdowns. It's just truly an amazing feat that's only happened one time, and that was under Peyton Manning with the Indianapolis Colts. And you had Reggie Wayne, you had uh, Brandon Stokely, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison, and it's funny because the offensive coordinator at the time was Tom Moore, who's in Tampa now as a assistant to Bruce Arians. So. The Buccaneers could be the second team in NFL history to have a three 1,000-yard wide receivers. That is your Tampa Bay triple threat at wide receiver. If I had to guess right now, I would say Evans and Brown are on pace to make the Pro Bowl just yeah. because of, of their reputations in the league, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a chance all in the conversation. I mean, because when – Last two weeks, defense focused a ton on him, Scott. Yeah, and that that that's not going to happen every week. New England and Miami play very similarly to a lot of defense in the NFL. When yeah. it goes, remember Godwin started off a season hot when they played more zone teams. Yeah, and now that when that bounce the ball bounces back the other way, like it will with the Eagles being a very yes. very very zone heavy team this week, 
again, I think it could be Godwin. You know, I don't think the Eagles are going to do this special Godwin plan, force the ball outside like the other teams did. Um, and so I think Godwin's going to boomerang right back up there statistically, even in touchdowns. And I know you do as well. You wrote about that yeah. in the two point conversion uh, today, which I thought was great. Big DZ right. wants to know what are the targets okay, here? I, I have got the targets. Right, the, the okay. 45 targets for Mike Evans, 41 targets for Chris Godwin, and 29 targets for Antonio Brown. So those are the so, top three guys in Tampa. Gronk's got 21. Fournette's got 24. So you can see Antonio Brown's fighting a running back and a tight end. But, boy, that's 16.3-yard average. He is covering mm-hmm. some ground. He already has six big plays. That's catches of 20 yards or more. Mike Evans leads the team with eight, and Chris Godwin has five. The thing about Godwin, let me just, just ask you this. You certainly, being from the state of Pennsylvania, growing up a Steelers fan, you followed in Antonio Brown his whole career. Ironically, way back in the day, I think it was Pewter Report, maybe it was Buccaneer Magazine at the time. Actually, it was Pewter Report because it was 2010 when he was drafted by the Steelers out of Central Michigan. We actually had Antonio Brown as a second-day Bucks best bet. So and, you're counting uh, that as a win, right? Well, he wasn't drafted got- by the Bucks, so that's a <laughs> loss, kidding. but he turned out to be kidding. a hell of a good player. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's one of the teams that are gravitated towards in college yeah. football. I do a lot of college football scouting. Dan LaFever was his quarterback. Uh, he wasn't exactly the NFL prospect, but they had a, a wide-open offense. Brown was a tremendous receiver, return specialist, et cetera. But where is he from, John? What city is he from? Do you know? He's from, isn't he from uh, Miami area? He is from Miami. That is correct. Now, how about Mike Evans? Where is Mike Evans from, John? Um, I don't remember. He's from Galveston, Texas. Okay. I was going to say Texas, actually, but yeah. I, I know because he, he went to college there and I was like, right. isn't he from there? But yeah. Now, where is Chris Godwin Godwin's, from? Uh, he's Philly area. He's Philly, baby. That's yes. right. Went to Penn State. He is Philadelphia all the way. So I expect. As you do with your zone coverage, uh, mm-hmm. scouting report for the Eagles, yeah. I expect that combined with the fact that he's going hometown on Thursday night, mm-hmm. I expect Chris Godwin to have a big night because the Philly kid's coming home. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. He had seven catches for 70 yards, and that made some great plays, made some great <laughs> runs after the catch. And we're he's like, like the forgotten man, man, you know. He kind of needed to step up a little. <laughs> like, right. It's just really, that's where the bar is at. Um, and so a good question here, though. Our big good statement, I guess. Big MGM says that AB Brady chemistry is insane. God, I'm always wonder. I'm always going to wonder what would have been if Kraft ain't cut AB from the Patriots. I, I just think, as far as the AB separation or the AB chemistry thing, you kind of. I mean, Blaine Gabbert got in the game, threw a back shoulder pass, boom. AB adjusts, yeah. makes the catch. I am at the point with Antonio Brown now, having seen him with a couple of the quarterbacks, that I don't really even think it's AB and a specific quarterback. It's just his exist. Like he is just that unbelievable as a receiver because no matter right. what you want a receiver to do he does it at a high level if you want to be a timing based quarterback like antonio brown or like uh tom brady is great antonio brown makes things everything happens right on time he expects right. the ball every time out of his break he catches the ball in stride he immediately maximizes every catch he turns up field he's an immediate runner after the catch some receivers have such slower transitions to that point his is instantaneous he knows where all the pieces are on the field against all coverages at all times. Nobody works harder. So if you are that kind of back that is perfectionist and all of that, great. Bren Roethlisberger was never really that type of quarterback. Was certainly, he grew in that way, and that was a big part of he and Antonio Brown's connection. 
But the Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger were unbelievable because Ben would get out of structure when things broke down and yeah. plays broke down and they would just connect all the time. As soon as the play broke down and Ben could escape and or he shred a, a, a tackler and he looked downfield, you just got this feeling like you knew it was going to happen because AB right. would never stop running. He never stopped getting open. He knew where space was. He knew how to help his quarterback. He makes combat catches. He runs perfect routes. He times his timing's perfect. His understanding of coverage is his elite. I don't really think it's any one quarterback. I think the guy just is good all around yeah. at football. I genuinely believe he's a top five wide receiver to ever play the game, Scott. And I think that you're just seeing kind of that now as he gets back into the full swing of football and everything. He's that kind of player. Like that's just who he is. And I don't think that it's, I know that people want to say AB Brady chemistry, but I just think any quarterback that gets out there, AB is just kind of the perfect wide receiver to play with. Is Antonio Brown a Hall of Famer? Oh, I mean, there's not even a question based on okay. ability, and based the on only ability, question for right. him would be off field, yeah. Right, and that's what I'm saying is because he has to have the votes to get in by the human beings voting for him. Right. I think the statistics speak for themselves. I think there's right. a lot of people that have all sorts of statistics. Rondé Barber has the statistics to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not because yeah. people are dumb and and they right, you know, they don't understand greatness when they see it, but. But I mean, yeah, do you, AB do you is. Think Antonio Brown gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he spent the better part of a decade as the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, even if you want to put Julio in the conversation, it was always those two, and those are right. two of the top ten undisputed. Undisputed, those are two of the top ten receivers in the league. I mean, if you consider Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, and probably you know those three for sure are the top three receivers ever to play, in my opinion. Yeah. Then you've got conversations after that with Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Marvin Harrison, and Antonio Brown. And some others too, you know, that I'm not going to name everybody. So don't yeah. freak out if I don't name everybody, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's where I, that's where, how I see it. Um, that's how I think that where he deserves that conversation for him starts at four to me. And I could not put him lower than five. He's just been way more reliable and dominant in my opinion, consistently over time. He's been more so yeah. than Julio Jones, even to me. Yeah. Well, and certainly too, it's, it's not just how you start John, your career. It's how you finish too. Right. I mean, that, that, that counts. Because you're looking at the career as a totality, and when you look at Antonio Brown, and he's not finished yet, but if he can rehabilitate his image, if he can string together a couple of really successful seasons in Tampa Bay as as a good dude in the locker room, a good dude off the field, and a very very productive dominant wide receiver on the field, then he has a chance to kind of wash away some of the last year or two in in Pittsburgh the mm. the, the Oakland's right. you know, debacle the New England thing like that that can that can get washed away but for a player like Julio Jones who just if he, unless he gets back on the field mm. i mean i'm not calling him a thief for stealing like 30 million dollars the last two years but right there's a difference there just is like how you age matters for these conversations yeah, you know it how does. How dominant you've been season to season, how much you've strung them together. And, you know, we're splitting hairs. Julio's been unbelievable. But yeah, Antonio Brown, right. I just think that the conversation for him has to start at four, number four all time. Look at what he did. I mean, what he did was just unbelievable for, for the consistency that he did it with. Um, yeah. And honestly, we are not talking about the end. Similarly to Tom Brady, there's absolutely no reason he's 33 years old. Like, there's no reason why Antonio Brown can't play for a couple more years. Like, Yes, we're just not exactly. near the end for Antonio Brown, is what I'm saying. John, we're going to talk a little defense tonight because we've we've been so wrapped up in the offense. But we, you know what? When you put up 45 points, you're gonna you're gonna get some offensive yeah. conversation. <laughs> but the thing, John, is is I don't know if you and I 
some of our colleagues in the, in the local Bucks media, if fans out there, you know, we 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 focus on on who when it comes to 2022. Well, you know, Chris Godwin, right? He's the franchise player. Mm-hmm. Carlton Davis might get the franchise tag again. I wrote about that in the Bucks Monday mailbag today. You obviously need corners, right? <laughs> Bruce Arians and and Jason Leiter, like, we definitely need corners and we're going to do whatever we can to keep Carlton Davis Mm -hmm. because we understand the importance of it now that they've had a a run on corners with these injuries. Mm -hmm. We've talked about Ryan Jensen. You know, he's at that, well, 32 years of age. Do you bring him back? He's so good with Brady. Do you want to subject Brady in his final year to Robert Hainsey and, uh, you know, an inexperienced center? But the guy we haven't talked about coming back, and we've also mentioned too, hey, Ronald Jones is in a contract mm-hmm. here, Leonard Fournette's in a contract here. These guys may not be back. You know, one of them might be whatever. We haven't really mentioned the fact that Antonio Brown might be back next year, should be back yeah. next year, right? It was kind of an should afterthought be. heading into the season. Now, right. even five games into the season, I don't know what his price tag is going to be, but how could you not? Be if you're Mike Greenberg, yeah. you're probably staying up late at night saying, How do I make this math work? Because mm-hmm. this was maybe something we weren't really anticipating, thinking, planning for, but it's something we're probably yeah. gonna have to address because you know, Tom Brady's gonna be like, Jason, Mike, mm-hmm. <laughs> we gotta we gotta bring Chris and Antonio Brown back. How do we make that happen? Right? Yeah, because if you're the box, I mean, to me, you can I would sooner live with replacement with a replacement for Ryan Jensen and Alex Cap on the offensive line then I would try to live with new wide receivers, new pass catchers. I would prioritize Godwin, Gronkowski, and Brown over Kappa and Jensen because you have three your, your three most important spots on the line locked up, and center is important, but you can find centers in today's league. And frankly, Brady is so good, even under pressure, the way he's playing right now, that I just think you could get by. Obviously, you know, Kappa I've already kind of considered after this year, it's going to be, you know, he's going to be somewhere else. In my right. opinion, your Jensen, you'd love to try and bring him back. But if you have to replace both of those guys for cheap, I'd rather do that. Patriots yeah. did it for years, right? That you know, Brady just is that good under pressure, yeah. that good at recognizing things. I'm just not stressing a whole lot right. as long as it's I still also got a numbers game, John. If, if you've got three really dominant, because you can include Donovan Smith in that conversation yeah. being dominant right now, he is playing dominant football at left tackle. The best I've seen Donovan play since what the bye week of last year right so we're talking the final four games there the the four games of the postseason that's eight the first five games of this season that's 13 games where i've i've thought very highly of donovan smith that's some consistency we have not seen from donovan smith man he was amazing and we oh yes he was killing people (laughs) so it's it's like you've got donovan smith at left tackle ali marpet at left guard tristan Wirfs at at right tackle i mean that three out of five ain't bad right Mm -hmm. if if you have three dominant pieces and you can get by with with finding a guard you know robert haynes is going to be either guard or center yeah and you sign a vet i mean the bills basically made one of the best offensive lines in the league just by signing 15 dudes in free agency for cheap and just figuring out which ones were competent enough to play (laughs) you have the best quarterback of all time in those situations release time every year is is top of the league like yeah i just think you can live that way easier than you can live with you know you losing a multiple weapons on right. your offense so that's how i prioritize things as they look ahead of the offseason obviously uh vortex is right donovan's gotten yep. better every year of his career it's yep. amazing to see the progress and the work that he's put in 
hats off to him. He's done uh, some awesome stuff in Tampa it's, Bay. Obviously. It's really early, but right. It's like, you only have so much gap. All right. I mean, Mike Greenberg will tell you that. I mean, he is, yep. he is a Jedi master when it comes to the salary cap, but, but there is a limit. Like you, yeah. You guys like Capo, and, OJ, Rojo. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Like it yeah. just, to me, those are the moves that you, those are the guys you have to be able to replace those types right. of players in my opinion. So we'll see. Was Cam break out another year? Now I can't even remember. Yes, I think Cam. One more, one more. That monster yeah. contract. Oh, that's gonna be the most. I hope. I think he's gonna make it, Scott. I think he's gonna play the whole thing out because OJ probably will not be back. Even though I think he's looked, he's been bad as a blocker, despite what Bruce says. But yeah, he's been good in the past game, you know, in limited role. But he's done his job really well. Um, but yeah, I just uh, <laughs> a harbor with the five dollars super chat. Let's go, if you guys. Scott's time you're gonna use Russ's new nickname without causing concern amongst your sponsors <laughs> we i don't know what you're talking just, about we'll probably just pass and let people go listen to yesterday's podcast if they want to understand you mean russ this one <laughs> that's his nickname right russ oh yeah russ, russ. <laughs> yeah that's russ. what mark russ. cook would call him russ so he'd always say russ russ yes. Cockrell. yes so old, that was a veteran move by mark so it was he was a step ahead as always yeah um yeah i think scott that um that yeah, that's how you prioritize things in the offensive side of the ball. Like then the question becomes defense, and we'll flip our conversation to defense over uh now, kind of as we as we do that too. But first, I gotta talk about our friends over at Living Golf Life because oh man, I mean, these guys are they're they're changing the game a little bit here with some of the product they're putting out. Unbelievable polos. These things are so comfortable, they're just they're great to wear out on the course. This hat is one of my favorite hats that I own, Living Golf Life hat. Uh, there's a brand that celebrates the lifestyle, really. It is golf. If you've ever been out on the course, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you understand and you get it. But these guys get it for sure. And the products that they create and, and build uh, exemplify just how much they get it. So go to livinggolflife.com. Check out what they have. they got koozies, glasses, hats, polos, all kinds of stuff over there. The brand is awesome. And then follow them on Instagram as well to get uh, more impressions for what they got. But I think you check out their stuff. Ask for it for some presents. Give it to some people for presents. I don't think you'll be sorry. It'll be uh, it's a uh, pr- pretty awesome in terms of living golf life and what they're able to produce. So make sure y'all check out uh, the website, um, Scott. Let's talk about things on the defensive side of the ball because this is where the question marks exist right now. Yeah, um, I-, I feel like this is kind of a this is the hottest topic among Bucks fans right now, Scott. Yeah, what is the problem right now with the Bucks defense? And we know that they, la- they outlasted. They outlast, yeah, I, I agree. They outlasted the Dolphins. It was 24-17. Right. Beginning of the fourth quarter, they scored and then stretched it out from there and shut them out in the fourth quarter. But the Dolphins were one of the worst offenses in the league. And, uh, yeah, it's back-to-back weeks, giving up just 17 points. So we'll see uh, what happens. But, but Scott, this is still a defense that is clearly – they're going to struggle right now. And now they're down yes. Levante David and Carlton Davis, who I think are probably two of their best three players um, right, right now. It would Vita Vey obviously being in that conversation too. Maybe Shaq Barrett as well. He's played great this season. But right now, Jason Pierre-Paul, another one of their best players, their only pro bowler from last year, is playing with a club on his hand. He can't tackle people, yet yeah. he is he is bullying the coaching staff, in my opinion. Yeah, into, he is. Into I, I don't like 80% it. 80% of the snaps. Like, yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I don't listening. like it for many reasons, Scott. They said it's a, yeah. it's the heat. We had this rotation going. No, you didn't. He played almost 80% of the snaps. Joe Trinchenko played 17 snaps, yeah. and some of them were out there with JPP. Yeah. He put too much on JPP's plate. He couldn't tackle. I agree. I because agree. of that, they got away from a bunch of sacks. 
Joe Tryon-Chuinka needs to play more. You yes, saw that over the last couple of weeks. No doubt. I think it's a mistake not to be using him more. I agree. And I was so disappointed in, in Joe Tryon-Chuinka when he missed. Uh, really, he had two opportunities in the first quarter. The second one was the more egregious one. Actually, it counted as a sack because Levante David was closest to Jacoby Brissett when he went out of bounds. So Levante got the sack just for being in the vicinity. But the thing is, is, is I remember teaching my my South Pasco Predators defensive line. It's like when you're when you're in that pursuit, you you've got to like angle and you've got to stay flat to the line of scrimmage because the quarterback is going to run towards the line of scrimmage. He's running away from you, but his objective is to break the line, the line of scrimmage and gain yards. Even if, he, even if he goes out of bounds, that's what he wants to do. So you saw some of the ex, the inexperience that JTS had. And John, when we looked at some of that Washington film, right, we were kind of scratching our heads at the beginning of the scouting process saying, this guy looks like a bull in a china shop. There's not a lot of technique yeah. here. There's a lot of ability, aggressiveness, athleticism. We see that. We see the raw play. We don't see the finished product. And to his credit, he's played a lot better now in the NFL after sitting out a year, which is amazing, than he did in 2019 playing for the Washington Huskies. But that's one of those those things where he just took a bad angle. You're supposed to, to, to aim for the opposite shoulder. You're supposed mm. to go across the guy. He went and was actually taking a bad angle and missed that, that sack. But the thing is, is JTS is only going to improve by being in those situations, right. by missing some of those plays, by making some plays. That's how you learn, by doing, mm-hmm. not by standing on the sidelines. Right. This is and, the future. JPP is is the present, but he is not the future. And, right. and JTS needs to get on the field more. Right. And Shaggy says, how do we get JTS on the field more? He's clearly outplayed JPP, and we appreciate the $5 super chat, Shaggy. Um, and Tobin kind of says JTS has missed multiple open field tackles a game. Yes, he has missed a couple tackles, like you said, Scott, but Pierre Paul's missed more. He's last year he was one of the worst transgressors on the box team in terms of missed tackles. He himself lamented it. This year it was still kind of a concern, but now he has one arm. So like right. he's, now he can't even. I mean, how many he missed three tackles yesterday? He, was, he missed you know, a sack. He I mean, missed he a sack. Yeah, had a so sack for sure. Right, and so he's he's up on the list. Bucks missed thirteen tackles yesterday per PFF, which is pretty right. lenient on missed tackles. Yeah, that's the highest mark for the season for the Bucks. They were just atrocious in that regard. Kevin yep. Minter missed three tackles and he only played twenty six snaps. Scott, that is a massive right. concern. Oh yeah, to me, and that's more tackle missed tackles than Levante David has this season, Scott. Yeah. This season, he did. I have some film by the way on the South Pasco Predators. We we were really good. Oh yeah, just Stacy does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're right. And here's where it's concerning. We saw what Miles Gaskin was able to do against the Buccaneer defense, catching passes out of the backfield. And and the thing is, is now you've got the Philadelphia Eagles, John, with Miles Sanders, who's who's a better version of Gaskin, Mm -hmm. and Kenneth Gainwell, who's one of the best pass catching running backs coming out of the draft. So they have two weapons now that they can put in the in the backfield. And guess who they're going to target? Number 51. I love Kevin Minter. Great guy. Fantastic quote. Have a good relationship with Kevin. Father Time is tapping him on the shoulder, though. I mean, he's not the, the fastest player now. He yeah. was faster back when he entered the sure. league in Arizona. But Levante David is still pretty fast. And so I think what you're going to see is you're going to see those wheel routes. You're going to see them trying to take advantage of Kevin Minter in coverage. John, I liked your idea of, of maybe in nickel and dime situations making Jordan Whitehead play that kind of nickel linebacker, if yeah, you will. Yeah. Because I think Minter's a little bit of a liability. The other part of Minter being a liability 
from a speed standpoint is Jalen Hurts. They the Eagles do a very good job of incorporating him in the the quarterback run game, right? That this is a guy that in Hurts, I'm not kidding, has more rushing yards than Leonard Fournette does. Okay. So he can scramble. He can get out there and make things happen. Jalen Hurts right now, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. But as a runner, uh, it's it's a, a different animal. He's got uh, 256 yards, yeah, averaging six yards per carry, three touchdowns. And I'm telling you, when he breaks the pocket, he's not going to be running towards Devin White. He's going to be running away from Devin White towards Kevin Minter, making Minter make some of those open field tackles that he kind of missed on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the story of the game is how much Minter plays probably and what kind of situations Bucks leave him. And this is not only just because I don't think he's, you know, I don't know, I wonder what's left, but also because the Eagles are probably one of the hardest teams for linebackers just because of how yeah. much they like to option off and use their quarterback in the run game and the reads are different for linebackers. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, White's athleticism will help him a lot, obviously. But Hertz is Hertz is tough. He's always oh, a bizarre player to watch. I mean, he could just make an unbelievable yes. play <laughs> and then take a twenty-yard sack. And but he's the smartest kid. He's learning. He's growing. Yeah. And those guys will all die for him on the field. Like that's the thing. And Brissett has some of that too. And I think that that changes the game. Guys just play so hard for both of them. Um, and I think that makes a big difference, honestly. You know, even though I think some of that stuff I know gets overrated at times with quarterbacks, I think that matters for O-line and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I do think there's a lot of challenges for this defense, Scott, and you missed tackles is a big one, so I'm glad we're touching on it because I think it's huge. The Bucks are dead last in the NFL in terms of yak allowed, yards after catch allowed as a defense. To me, that is way more the story, way more the story than – their individual cornerbacks suck in coverage. Like right. Richard Sherman gave up five yards in this game per PFF. Ross Cockrell gave up 43 and 34 of them came on a play where they just all missed the tackle. It wasn't even right. totally his fault. It was just that everybody Preston kinda, Williams catch and run. Yeah, yeah. Preston Williams catch and run. And they just had took a bad angle on the tackle. It wasn't because they couldn't cover is what I'm saying. Now I'm also not saying they can cover. I'm not saying they are great in coverage. I'm just saying that has not been the main concern so far. The main yeah. concern has been, can you tackle in the open field? Right. Can you limit yards after catch? And will the scheme allow you to be in position to do those things? And not just the corners. They're dropping yeah. edge defenders out into coverage. Okay, <sighs> now you've got to close in space and make tackles. Not for seven, yeah. eight-yard gains that allow right. teams in second and two and third and two in situations where they can easily convert, but yeah. it, for two and three-yard gains when all these passes are going underneath. I said it on the pregame show, the Bucks as a defense, Opposing offenses have the shallowest average depth of target against Bucks defense than any other defense in the league. They're averaging just around six yards from the line of scrimmage is the average depth of a target against the Bucks defense. Nobody's throwing the football down the field against them. Nobody's right. succeeding when they throw the football down the field against them. But everyone is picking them apart short to intermediate, and a lot of it isn't on their corners, even though their corners may not be good. We don't know. They yeah. certainly have not been great by any stretch, but a lot of the production is not coming against them. It's coming against the scheme. It, just the weaknesses in the scheme are getting exploited because pass right. rush doesn't get home or pass rush doesn't finish, and it's coming because tackling in the open field and closing yeah. angles in the open field. I don't have a bit problem with this soft zone. I don't have a problem with it at all, as long as you come up and tackle, right? That's that's the yeah. whole key, but they're, they're, not, they're, they're doing the first part fine. Soft zone. Second part is after they make the catch, come up and tackle, rally, and limit the yards after catch. They're not doing that part. 
and right. and that's where they're going to get into trouble. Maybe not this week, although I will say, in doing like a little bit of, of advanced uh, scouting for the Eagles today, they've got some bigger play weapons, and Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. is not afraid to push the ball down the field. But yep. if you look at just just a, at, a, at a quick look at the at the the stat sheet from doing some stat sheet scouting. Quez Watkins was a player I liked out of Southern Miss. Why? Because the dude has wheels. He's got a 91-yard catch already, 20.5-yard average. Devontae Smith, the first-rounder, 12.6. Dallas Goder at the tight end, 14.4 average. They've got a better set of weapons than the Dolphins had for sure. Now, there wasn't a Devontae Parker out there on Sunday, which really limited what the Dolphins could do. But still, you saw Mm -hmm. Preston Williams step up, make some big catches. Uh, Jalen Rager is more quick than fast, but with those two running backs, Gainwell and Sanders, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts with the ability to scramble, which Jacoby Brissett didn't have, they've got some ways where they can present some challenges for this this Buccaneer team. I'm not saying I'm going to bet against the Buccaneers, John. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not either, but no. this is going to be a tough game. Yeah, this is going to be tougher than the Dolphins game for sure. You know, So oh, yeah. it's interesting because the, the line opened up at minus seven, Tampa Bay. And I'm I'm inclined to think the Bucks win by a touchdown or more, not by 45 to 17. But and of course, what I'm talking about, folks, is is my bookie, where I had a very good mm-hmm. weekend. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to put your money down at my bookie. Arizona Cardinals, right? They've come out to a hot start. The Chiefs have as many losses now as they did last year. And with all the overs hitting. In the dying seconds of a game, there's never been a better time to get in on all the action. Thankfully, my bookie's lock of the season has returned to the Vegas-Seattle NHL opening night game. And when either team scores in the game, you win. You heard that right. When the lamp lights red, you get the bread. Take the easy win, pat yourself on the back, and use your winnings towards your NFL picks for Week 6, which includes a battle between two Super Bowl contenders when the Cardinals beat the Browns. Don't miss out on winning season. Head to my bookie. Use the promo code Pewter and double your first deposit. That's the promo code Pewter. You can double your initial funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And John, I'm telling you right now, my bookie does this stuff a couple times a year. They did it for the Bucks Cowboys game, which was if if either team scores a point, you win. Right? It's that's what they call the lock yeah. of the season. So if you if you are a my bookie customer, make sure you go bet on the Seattle NHL game because if either team scores a goal, you win. It's a free twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Bet the twenty five; it's the most you can bet. But they do this a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. It's just it's free, easy money. I did it for the Bucks Cowboys. I've, I've already done it for for the the Kraken game, the first Seattle yeah. uh, NHL right. game. MyBookie.eg. Yeah, that's it. Is a great deal. They have always got ways you can. Gets yourself some money in, in your pocket. It's awesome stuff. So definitely check out mybookie.ag. Okay, so we've kind of covered it, Scott, a little bit. And not that I don't think there are things that the corners can do better. I do. But to me, it's just – it's a sub point, like, of the defense. Like, uh, that's going to be an obvious point. When you have both your starting corners out of the lineup, in my opinion, yeah, I'm not expecting there to be no concern at corner. But the fact right. that it isn't the primary concern – just moves it way down the list to me. We may get yeah. there if everything else gets better. Teams start throwing the ball down the field. Now you got guys that can't find the football. They can't cover. Right. You know, okay, like we're gonna. You know, Did we're you say find point. the football? Yeah, John, we had a Jamel Dean interception. Jamel Dean, he caught it. I mean, this oh wasn't that hard of a pick, 
But well, he dropped was, a similar one against the Rams. I was going to say, it was, it was a repeat of the Cowboys, uh, or not the Cowboys, the uh, the Rams game where he dropped it in the first quarter. So, right. yes, Jamel Dean, the roller coaster needs to stop, right? Bad game, started low against the Cowboys, then went up, mm-hmm. had a great game against the, the uh, Falcons in week two. And kind of a bad game, bad start oh, to the, the game. He got hurt, didn't he? Well, that's a oh, really he dropped bad the game. Pick, but he didn't give yeah. up any catches, did he, in the Rams game? I don't know, but he got hurt. But he dropped yeah. a pick. That's never good. So then <laughs> he comes back, and now he's back up with an interception against the Dolphins. So Played great. It wasn't just the pick either, Scott. Remember, he had – Yes. I thought he got hosed on the catch that they gave Zeddy allowed. I thought he made a great play yeah. pushing the guy out of bounds. And then – Two pass breakups. Double pass breakups. Yeah, five was, tackles. That's the that's how Tampa Bay needs him to play. Like Yes. That's uh, that's what they need from him because Sherman might get better, but he's not going to give you you know vintage Sherman. Right, and he's that, not so. he's not as fast. Jamel Dean is your fastest right. defense back on the field. He's got to play fast and play confident. I spruce Bruce Arians about that today, mm-hmm. and he said, "Listen, we won a lot of football games with Jamel Dean as our corner, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that hey, listen, he's picking that pass off right in front of Todd Bowles in that picture. So mm-hmm. that's about All as right. good as it gets for Jamel Dean because." There was some rumbles inside the building. They were really concerned about how he would bounce back from that knee injury, how he would play. This is a big confidence booster. Bruce Arians said that for him. And listen, John, the roller coaster ride with Jamel Dean needs to come to a stop, right? Hey, he's, he's you know who the he, more consistent. You know who the roller coaster ride has come to a stop for Scott. I think it's come to a stop for Leonard. What? What are you doing? Out doing? Falling out, Leonard. This is Rushing amazing. Touchdowns. What are you Bucks doing? This guy. Look at Freaking this. Tackles. Outside zone with the Bucks. Look at the oh blocks up front for the big dogs. Then he runs through a little arm tackle. Put the shoulder down. Finish through contact. Telling you, Scott. Looks like a different Leonard out here. It Look is. at this rap. Look at this wide receiver Leonard here. What are we uh, seeing here? Effortless catch. Route. Let's show that one again. Run in the out route here. Look at this. Boom, nice put the cut. foot in the ground, Separation. Out, catch on the sideline, boom. Brady trusts him, hits him with the timing route. This is the best one. This is the best one, Scott. Little in motion. Oh, we're going to get him quick. Designed throw out to Leonard. Slip. Whoop. See ya. Oh, see boom. ya. Boom. Takes a hold. Look at him. He's still up. He's you still can't up. take him down. Him out of bounds. Oh, where's the flag? I'm telling you, man. It looks like a different guy, though, Scott. Just yeah. the purpose in the open field, the elusiveness, the strength, like, he looks invigorated again, like yeah. different Leonard. He says he's worked on it. He really wants to be a guy that Tom Brady trusts. And I know it is about Leonard and hats off to Leonard, but man, Scott, it keeps taking me back to the Brady factor. Like this is a different human being, not just a different player, a different human being in Leonard he's Fournette since he got here to play with Tom Brady. Like now it, he it, doesn't want to let that guy down. <laughs> it, it's like Tom Brady. He's like professor X, right? And like, he just brings in all these X men off the street, you know, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette trading for Rob Gronkowski. Right. He just assembles the superhero team and uh, he's, he's not in a wheelchair, especially with that, that knee surgery, but the mind, he beats you with his mind. And, and he gets these guys to play above their their abilities. He gets them to believe right. in themselves and believe in the team. And, of course, believe in Brady. You'd be an idiot if you didn't believe in Tom Brady. But, yes, I mean, the, the Brady effect on this team is is just – it's astounding. It's even more than I thought it would be. Oh, nobody saw this coming from Leonard, man. <laughs> like no. The last couple of weeks. Now, can it be consistent? I don't know. We'll see. Like, I hope. Oh, man, it'd be huge if it can be. Yeah. The fact that he's done as well as he has. <laughs> he calls himself all season Lenny now, too. All season Lenny. Yeah. 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 Like, 
he's gone from a guy who in, in Jacksonville, they were like, man, he's a problem. Like, you know, he's this, he's that he's, we got to get him out of town to like a guy that Tampa Bay like adores. And I think the feeling's mutual. Like, I think he, he knows he can make more money somewhere else right. after this season, and that obviously, you know, he's young. It's a different situation than AB. I, I or tell you Kronk. what, though, here's we'll see the what thing. happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but Rojo's out of here. Yeah, won. so yeah, yeah. But the thing is, there was maybe maybe there's more money for Leonard if he comes back here next yeah. year after two years of producing. If he gets a thousand yards and mm-hmm. you know maybe five yard five hundred yards receiving something like that, we don't we'll see. Mm-hmm. But the other thing too is we give Brady all this credit. Bruce Arians also deserves a lot of credit because he is a guy that. That as Marco could always uh, point out, you know, Bruce Arians is the kind of guy that's he's a Bear Bryant disciple. You know, he will get in your grill and cuss you out and then hug you. You know, he'll right. he'll say like, you know, I, I can't stand your 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 football player, but I love you as a person. I just want you to be a better football player. It's not personal. And I think that that heart to heart talk that he had with Leonard Fournette really kind of turned him around. And listen, it's hard. I mean, Jason Light has told me for years, there is the the five-star virus is real. It's real. It ruins kids. These rivals rankings and and scout rankings and stuff, the, the, there's so many kids that just get ruined by the hype because mm-hmm. they believe it, they buy into it, and it's on them because they don't have the work ethic, you know, that they don't have the perseverance, right? right? Everybody tells them they're great. They're the star, this, that, and the other. One day you're not the star. You know, mm-hmm. one day it didn't happen. And that was the case for Leonard Fournette. He was the star everywhere, high school, LSU, Jacksonville. And then he wasn't here. And it was it was a right. moment where he had to, you know, stand and deliver or, you know, pack his bags and get out. That's what Bruce Arian said. And he decided to stand and deliver, and he did. Right. Yep, absolutely. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think it's a cool part of the story for sure. And uh, definitely – happy to celebrate when he does uh, good things on the field and he's doing them right now. So hats off to him. And yeah, we'll talk more about this Eagles bucks upcoming matchup uh, as we, as the week proceeds, Scott, we'll be off tomorrow, off the show tomorrow. Yep. And then Wednesday we're back 4 PM Eastern. We'll be back live on the show. We'll have Eagles bucks preview in depth as we do every single week before the game. And then on Thursday, as Scott mentioned, we'll have the Peter pregame show starting at seven 20, about an hour before kickoff. Then for the pre for the in-game live stream, myself and Trevor Sycamore will be with you throughout uh, the Bucks Eagles game on Thursday night. Starts at eight twenty. The game starts at eight twenty. We'll be with you throughout the game, breaking everything down, live analysis um, on the show, and then the post podcast will be about forty minutes after the game ends too. We stay with you through that as well. So it's a late night for us, but y'all always stay up with us. Hopefully, we have a Bucks victory to talk about. Yes, and it'll be a fun time on the Thursday night show. So exciting stuff we're looking forward to getting into it all this week and we appreciate everybody in the chat great stuff thanks great for those show. super and chats too we appreciate absolutely. it absolutely super chats huge 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 yep. so we'll see you all again on wednesday for another edition of the pewter report podcast out out